0: Um, so anyway, if somebody says, hey, stand right there, I'll be back in a minute, you know that, that you're the one they're trying to get rid of. Uh, also happening today, today's also exciting because upstairs, uh, the kids are, they have a Christmas activity and they're doing some, some chaotic thing with markers and I don't know what all it entails. But they're also, um, they're also doing the Christmas story and if you're a parent of a kid, you're going to go home with some material that I'm sure you'll keep and cherish forever. Um, but they're doing some really cool stuff up there, and so I just love this day and, uh, and the opportunity just to sort of emphasize Christmas today. Um, let, me tell you, uh, let me tell you what I did yesterday. Yesterday, I was in Mississippi. I was just in my family uh, in Jackson area, and uh, so we played Dirty Santa, and that's just not a great game to play with, with grandparents Because um, my grandparents are there, and they totally don't get the concept. And my grandfather shows up, and, and we're trying to explain to him how to play the game, and it's his turn. And for one, he can't hear, so he's got no idea what we're doing. He just knows he brings a gift every year that he didn't buy, and somebody takes it, and he gets something, and then he goes home. So we're trying to explain to him how to work. It's his turn, and we're like, all right, got to go up here, and you got to pick a gift. And he's like, which one's mine? And we're like, no, none of them are yours. And then he goes to sit back down, and we're like, no, no, don't sit back down. you got to pick one. But if you don't want to pick one, then you got to come over here, and you can steal one. And he's like, well, you have to steal one. And we're like, yeah, you can steal one, but you can't steal that one because that one's dead. And then he can't hear and He's like, who's dead? And we're like, no, nobody's dead. Um, but you can't steal that one because it's dead. But you can steal that one. If you steal that one, the only thing is somebody can steal it from you, and then you'll have to go again. And I think the only thing he got was you may have to go again. And so he just picked something up, and then his part of the game was over. Uh, At the end of it, uh, when he got ready to leave, he got like a coffee cup or something, and he just put it in my parents' cabinet and left. So he was really excited about, about playing some Dirty Santa. But I do think if you're if you're him, you got to think we took something so simple and tried to say how can we do this in the most confusing way as possible? You know, just handing gifts to one another. How can we make this as confusing as possible? If you've lived in this area for any period of time, I equate it to uh, the it's making taking something simple and making it very confusing is like trying to get from uh, trying to get from Citrus and River Ridge to Citrus and Elmwood, right? It's like six rights and two lefts, and you can get back on the same road you were on a minute ago. When I first moved here, um, just so you know, when you're cussing out all the people who try to come up the one way, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, those don't, have, those don't exist anywhere else in the world, just so you know. So it's not their fault that they have no idea how that little thing works. But anyway, that's, you know, sometimes we take things that are, could be super simple, make them super, super confusing. We finish up our Christmas series today and and talking about the idea of peace. And man, I think that in a world where things are certainly confusing and certainly just not that peaceful, uh, to talk about peace at Christmas and the idea of having some peace in our lives, I think is just a huge, huge thing. I don't know if you know this, maybe you uh, have had your head in the sand, but we live in a world that is not a great place for peace uh, in the last 10 years, you want to take a guess how many wars have happened around the world? Forty-one declared wars around the world in the past 10 years, uh, involving uh, nearly 100 countries. Since 19, between the years of 1945 and 2000, 51 million people have been killed in war. Uh, also, one-third of them Chinese. So, especially in that country, man, it's been devastating and all over the world these kind of things happen. Um, civil unrest in our country happening like crazy. If you think it's at an all-time high right now, you should really look back and, and do, some, do some looking in history. Uh, we had an 18-year-long civil rights movement uh, in the early 90s. We had race riots all over the country um, and, and across all different races. Um, Riots in the early 2000s on a couple of different occasions here in this country. Five major riots in the past three years. This is just a place that's just not full of peace. But the, the, the thing about it is, is we live in a world that's never really had that much peace. In the past 4,000 years, somebody take a guess how many years of peace. That means no wars in the whole world. In the past 4,000 years, how many years do you think we've been without a war? Anybody want to guess? 246. Zero would have been good. But that's, right, 7% of the time the world is not at war. All the rest of the time, we are absolutely at war. Man, if we just live in a world that doesn't have that much peace. And much less important, but to top it all off, if there wasn't enough bad things happening in the world, now we're teaching our children to throw generosity out the window, and instead of it being better to give than to receive, you steal things at Christmas from other people, right? Those are, the things that, those are the things that are happening in the world. Can I remind you of something that the angel said in Luke chapter 2, if you want to flip to Luke chapter 2. Something that the angel said in Luke chapter 2 when he appeared to the, uh, the shepherds or in the field and they're playing some ancient board game or something that shepherds did at night. And they're out there and they're just sitting and it's so incredibly quiet and they're far from the city. And all of a sudden this angel appears to them. And I've said this to to people who are here regularly, but I want to tell you guys something. Um, Here's how you know when an angel has appeared to someone. If someone is scared to death, that means an angel appeared to them. There's a place in the Old Testament where an angel appears to someone, and the Old Testament says, the angel appeared and his bowels were loosened. You know what that means? Yeah, he, he pooed on himself, right? Second time I've said poo in church today. He pooed on himself, right? He was scared out of his mind. And so when angels appear, people get really, really afraid. So one angel appears to, to, to them and he tells them about Jesus. And so if they didn't have enough to sort of be afraid of, um, they're, they're, they're afraid because an angel's there. And then it's kind of crazy news that God has come in the flesh. And so they get this news and they got enough to process. And then in verse 13... As if all this wasn't enough, all of a sudden, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. Do you see that? All of a sudden, the entire sky, for as far as you can see, is filled with angels. All of a sudden, the sky is filled with angels. And, And in verse 13, they're praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom His favor rests. Can you imagine? The most pivotal moment in all of human history, and all of heaven appears, and what does all of heaven have to say? Here's what they have to say. They have to say, number one, glory to God. And number two, they have to say, peace is coming. Glory to God and peace has come. And it makes me think that peace is a pretty big deal. This is a pretty interesting time. This moment right here that you're reading about in history, this time right here, <clears throat> the Roman Empire was at peace with the entire world during this very year. And it was one of those very rare moments where they weren't at war. They were totally at peace. They had this gate called the, uh, the Temple of Janus. And at the temple of Janus, there are these, there are these gates. And any time they're at war, the gates are open. Because the idea is that if we're at war, then we need the God inside this temple to be able to get out and go protect us and all those kind of things. So this is one of those rare times that the gates to this temple are closed because they are totally at peace. And the interesting thing to me is, and the gates would open back up really, really soon. But this is the time where most of the world doesn't see the need for God. And they don't see the need for peace. But God, as always, knowing exactly what we need long before we need it, sees this as the time for Jesus to enter the world. So I want you to know this on this Christmas Day. I don't know what what, what everyone has going on, even people that I know well. I don't know everything you have going on. But if your life is filled with catastrophe... Chaos seems to follow you wherever you go. Here's what I want you to know. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have ultimate peace already. You already have access to ultimate peace. And on top of that, you have not only the ability, but also the calling to be a peacemaker. You have the ability and you are called to be a peacemaker. Anybody ever called you a peacemaker? Anybody think of you in that way? Yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute. But man, we are called to be peacemakers. But first things first, uh, let's get this this big idea of Jesus. Jesus came not just bringing peace for a holiday gathering, but bringing peace forever. Let me show you a couple pictures up here. And wait, did we get those? Ah, awesome. Show you a couple pictures. and, And you tell me what comes to your mind when you see this. Anybody know who this is? Anybody in the middle section know who this is? The one guy, all right, he knows. Yeah, so, so this is Dennis Rodman. Uh, what comes to my mind when I see Dennis Rodman is just crazy. He was so crazy. He got married and it was publicly televised, and, uh, and he dressed up as a bride, and his bride dressed up as a bride. Uh, every day uh, he, when he played basketball, he dyed his hair like the colors of the rainbow. He was a crazy guy. Say what? North Korea, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Good friends with uh, Kim Jong, that's right. All right. how about the next one? What about that? That looks pretty peaceful, huh? Looks like a place I just love to lay down and relax. How about the next one? Do you think of peace when you see this guy? Oddly enough, I think of a former pastor of mine, he had the same mustache, you know? But he was a great guy, you know, nothing like this guy. But I don't think about peace at all. What do you think about when you see this? I think about the movie Anaconda. But <laughs> it was absolutely supposed to be peace, but now I just can't shake it, right? But yeah, it looks pretty peaceful. What do you think about? It? I put both of them up there because that way everyone could be disgusted. Okay, so no matter who you voted for or who you like, you, you see something there you don't like. Someone there doesn't represent peace to you, right? And so, man, here's, here's what I think is the big idea. If you're picking up a theme here, you know, civilization began in a, in a garden. And then, and, and God's presence was there, and, and God was with the people, and there was nothing but peace. And then all of a sudden, man entered the picture, and sin entered the world, and peace began to be replaced with chaos, and now, all of a sudden, instead of flowers just being beautiful, they had thorns on them. And all the plants were not as, as, as beautiful as they were before. All of a sudden, uh, childbirth was painful. Women, you have uh, Adam and Eve to thank for that, right? It used to be a walk in the park. Now, all of a sudden, that was, that was painful. Pretty soon, murder would enter the world, and man would enter into war with God and all the great things that God wanted for man, and all the great things that He has planned for us, we began to fight Him on all those things. But the great, great, great news is, God had this plan from the very beginning to restore all that peace. And that plan is Jesus. And the plan to bring peace back into the world is Jesus. Romans chapter 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, when we follow Jesus, we gain peace for all of eternity. It's the kind of peace that says, we gain peace for all of eternity, and it's the kind of peace that says, no matter what happens around me, I'm at peace. Eternity is secure. Paycheck in doubt, I'm okay. Every, all the big things are taken care of. Sick, not sure what's going to happen. I'm okay. Everything is secure. Think about that. Think about the peace of Jesus. Jesus says he gives you his peace. Think about this. Hours before, Jesus is going to be crucified. So he's about to undergo the the most torturous death that man has ever invented. The worst thing that man can go through, he's about to go through. He has no idea how long he's going to be tortured. The only thing he knows is how bad it's going to be. And it's going to be absolutely terrible. And what can Jesus think about in this time? All he can think about is the peace and the joy and the faith of everybody around him man, what if I was about to be tortured and killed? What am I thinking about? Man, I hope everybody else is happy. No, absolutely not. But all that Jesus can think about in the midst of all that is the peace and joy and faith of everybody else. That's the kind of peace that I want in my life. And when Jesus fills you with His peace, now you have some freedom to live like that. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're not at war with God anymore. And ultimate peace in the midst of anything no longer escapes you. Man, what an incredible peace. Maybe peace has been evading you because here's what we do. You guys ever seen somebody meditating? And look, I think there's some some value in, in some proper meditation. But here's what happens sometimes when we meditate. We're out here seeking peace. And and it's so hard and it evades us because all the time we're seeking peace in all the wrong places. And sometimes we're we're seeking peace from within. And sometimes we're seeking peace from from somebody from from a spouse or we're seeking some sense of peace from a job. And if I could just get that job, I'd be at peace because then all these things would be taken care of. If I could just get a little bit more money in my bank account, I'd be at peace because that would be taken care of. And the idea is that we're seeking peace from ourselves. And we're seeking peace from this real worldly place. And the reason that it doesn't last is because that it's human peace. It's not God's peace. But Scripture says uh, God has given us his peace. And that's the thing that lasts forever. Forever. And that's the thing that sustains us forever. If you're a Jesus follower, if you said, Jesus, I, I turn from my sin and I follow you and you are my Savior, if you have done that, you have this peace. No need to fear. No need to panic. The most important things are all taken care of and the rest is just details. You have this peace. Let me tell you a, a couple of stories I found pretty interesting. This first one is about... Um, This first one's from Abraham Lincoln. So um, Abraham Lincoln, this guy, comes into his office. This is when he had a law practice, and he asks him he wants to sue somebody, and this is what he says. Can you imagine an attorney saying this now? He says, yes, we can doubtless gain your case for you. We can set a whole neighborhood at loggerheads. I don't know what that means. But um, we can distress a widowed mother and her six fatherless children and thereby get you your $600 to which you have a legal claim but which rightfully belongs, it appears to me, as much to the woman as her children as it does to you. You must remember, however, that some things are legally right and not morally right. We shall not take your case, but we'll give you a little advice for which we will charge you nothing. You seem to be a sprightly, energetic man. We would advise you to try your hand at making $600 in some other way. How about that, huh? Man, uh, instead of seeking havoc and ruining lives for the sake of some money, seeking a little bit of peace. Here's another one. Um, A little girl uh, told her mom, she said, "Uh, Mama, I was a peacemaker today. And uh, her mom said, How was that? And the little girl thought for a minute, and she said, Well, I heard something, and I didn't tell everybody. Man, we could use some more peacemakers in the world. If you're a follower of Christ, you're calling. You have been equipped, but you've also been called to be a peacemaker. And you've been called to be somebody who would be described as a peacemaker. Romans 5.9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Literally, that word means, Blessed are people who make peace for others. Blessed are people who create places that are peaceful. Romans 12.18 says, If possible, get this one, If possible... So it's not always possible. As much as it depends on you, so you know, you can only do so much of this. But as much as all that is the case, be at peace with all men. Is that the case for you? I wish I could say that's the case for me. As much as you can control the situation, be at peace with all men. Would your um your, your teachers, your boss, your co-workers, your spouse your children, your parents, your youth minister, would they call you a peacemaker? Would they say that very clearly you are someone that seeks to be about peace? I think here are a couple of good questions, right? Ask yourself these questions. If you want to say, well, I kind of feel like I am, ask yourself some of these questions. See if this is you, all right? Um, if you hear a really interesting word about someone else from someone else, and, and, and you're pretty certain it's true, uh, is your first thought... Huh, I wonder how I can help. Or is your first thought, Man, you know who would love to know this? Where do you go first? When things don't go your way, do you get on board with the new way? Or do you look for opportunities to say, I told you so when something goes wrong? Or do you withhold putting forth your best effort since it didn't go your way? Which one of those are you? What do you say more often? Do you say more often, my opinion is, or do you say more often, uh, what do you think? Which one of those are you? Because one is, is, is often seeking to making peace, and one is often seeking to getting your own way no matter how you can. Husbands, here's one I think that, that, that's crucial for us. Uh, what do you say more often? Do you say more often why, or do you say more often absolutely? My wife says, I want to paint the living room. Why? We painted it 10 years ago. It still looks great. Absolutely, let's paint the living room. What color do you want to do it? Or, or for me, it's absolutely you paint the living room. I don't care what you do. But, but man, um, seeking to have some peace rather than have some division. What's your first thought? How can I help? Or how can I win? Because if we're always people seeking to win and we're not going to be about peace. Your family... Your friends, your co-workers, they will not see Christ in you when you cause division. And if you're someone constantly seeking to cause division, forget them seeing Christ in you. Here's what I can guarantee you. Your stress level, your anxiety level, your propensity for depression, all those things go down uh, when you don't needlessly argue with others. And all of them go up when you needlessly argue with others. Jesus has called you to be so much more than somebody who wins. Jesus has called you to be a peacemaker. And because of the life and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, you can be a peacemaker. And you can change the dynamic of your family. Doesn't that sound good? You can change the dynamic of your family. You can change the dynamic of your workplace by being a peacemaker. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This Christmas, when your family's all together and, uh, and everybody's together and, and they're arguing about why so-and-so's new boyfriend won't come in and socialize with everybody or whatever other trivial thing that we argue about at Christmas or why all the kids and grandkids couldn't make it or, or whatever it is that we argue about, bigger, smaller, all across the board, you seek to somebody who displays Christ in you by seeking peace by trying to make something better, by recognizing that God's peace exists within you and people see him most clearly in you when you seek peace. Let me pray. God, I I praise you that you are a God of peace. And I praise you that when we say yes to you, and we say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. I praise you that when we do that, your peace enters us. And God, it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And if we've never been people who, were, who, who avoided division, and we've never been people who could get out of an argument, God, now we have a peace that, that we can't even imagine. And it's a peace that lasts for eternity. And so, God, first of all, I just pray that we would be people that would say yes to you. And secondly, God, I pray that we would be people that would be evangelists and would tell the world about you, beginning with just being people of peace. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's sing. Let's continue our worship. Let's stand as we, uh, as we sing about how the song that we continue to sing. There's an endless song Echoes in my soul I hear the music ring And though the storms may come I am holding on To the rock I cling How can I keep from singing your praise how can i ever say enough how amazing is your love